All right, welcome to episode 92 of the Bobbycast. Uh, no guest. I'm talking about money celebrities make. And when you read this, a celebrity makes $10 million, what it really means. Or how artists that maybe you hear on the radio, they actually lose money when they're out playing shows. I think it's something that nobody really talks about is the money part of it. So, And even I'll talk about my money a bit and how it gets broken up to it. Because unless you're in like the entertainment entertainment business, you don't know. So we'll get to that in a second. First of all, thank you to Sleep Number. Oh yes, Sleep Number. When it comes to holiday gifts, what could be better than giving the gift of sleep? Maybe you've considered a Sleep Number bed, but you thought you couldn't afford one. So how about this? Sleep Number beds are comfortable, they're adjustable, and they're affordable. And Queen mattress starting at only eight ninety nine ninety nine. There's a Sleep Number bed actually. What do you think we are? Thirty feet, twenty feet from my bed. Just about about twenty feet from me from it right now. Uh, nine out of ten couples disagree on mattress firmness. Not a problem for me right now because just me, no disagreeing. <laughs> I keep it at a thirty. But uh, the bed lets you choose your ideal comfort on each side, so the bed is just right for both of you guys. The newest Sleep Number beds are so smart they automatically adjust. My Sleep Number setting is thirty. My, I don't, you know, I don't remember my IQ last night because it's in the evening when we're recording this. But I imagine it's pretty. Good. I had a dream today. I don't ever have a dream, and I took a nap today. I was exhausted because we did a. We did St. Jude all day, um, and so I got home late. Oh, wait, yeah, wait, hold on. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, Sleep Number beds are more affordable with special financing for 48 months on all beds, including the Sleep Number 360 beds. Now, through December 18th, you'll only find it at one of the 550 Sleep Number stores nationwide or 800 next bed. Tell them I sent you. There you go. I started taking vitamin D mm-hmm. because I read online that vitamin D helps you sleep, and like I've taken everything. I got pretty hardcore on sleeping pills for a while, and I had to stop taking those, and uh, I take I take melatonin. I took I mean I've taken it all and I've taken it to my, every hole too, all the holes. I put I put sleeping pill, sleeping things in all my holes at once. Sometimes like if there's a hole, I put a pill inside of it and see if I can fall asleep. And so I started taking vitamin D, and vitamin D is the sun basically. Like that's what you get from the sun. And although I look really tan, it's all fake. I don't see outside. And so I started taking vitamin D, and um, I, I had a dream. And I never have dreams. And I, it was today, and I sleep better in the daytime than I do at night. So if I get a chance to pull a nap today, I, I had a dream. I woke up. It was hardcore. And then I went to see my therapist today, try to fit it once a week. And then I went from mind exercise to body exercise, and then went to the gym. And I was Switch. exhausted. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah. So uh, I did that today. What did you do today? I worked out a bit too. Also got a nap. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. Those naps are rare and very rare. Man, when you get them, they are good. By the way, I'm getting texted as the. Uh, the Bobbycast goes. I'll take you'll take your questions too. I just wanted to talk about money for a second. That's Morgan texting me. Uh, by the way, on St. Jude today, we did close to a million dollars in one day. It's crazy. It was, yeah. Awesome. It was crazy. Um, but yeah. Uh, so there was a story recently. I think it was Keith Urban's house. It was up for like four million bucks. Yeah. Oh, and Google a couple things for me. I said, wow. That's really inexpensive for Keith Urban and Nicole Kidman's main house. $4 million. And you may go, wow, $4 million. That's a lot. It is a lot. But when you look at their net worths together, what's Keith Urban's net worth? It's uh, $3.45 million was it what it was up for. The house? Yeah. Okay, the house wasn't even $4 million, So it's $3.5 million. Yeah. So Keith Urban's net worth, according to Google, which, by the way, isn't right. Like, you can Google me. Yeah. That's not, no, that number's not correct. 
I'm going to tell you if it's high or low, but the number's not correct. But it's in the ballpark, probably. I just assume. That's how I look at people. Keith Urban's net worth is? $75 million. $75 million. 2017. Okay, and, and Nicole Kidman's net worth is? 130 So you're looking at basically $200 million. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. <laughs> and their main house is a $4 million house. Yeah. Like that, in comparison, is a lot. Let's say you make sixty grand a year, right? Mm-hmm. And you have a house that's a $150,000 house. To match that... I mean, the, the Kidmans would need like a twenty-five million dollar house. Yeah, that's they're living frugally. We don't <laughs> we don't credit them for being so frugal. I did go to Keith Urban's house at Christmas last year in Australia, and it wasn't a house; it was a condo. But it was multi-level. It was probably, you know, about I don't know about that much. But I was looking at everything though. I was looking at all <laughs> the little things. There's a piano in there. I went to a party at Keith Urban's house, and uh, it's really nice. But it wasn't even like a party. It was like a family party. And I, I kind of felt awkward going over there first. Take any pictures in there? No, I don't really take any pictures. I, I, I just try not to be that guy. As much as I want to be that guy and take Instagrams yeah. and just, just <laughs> pictures, I don't. I can't. I, I get to do some cool things because of work, but I never want to be the guy that makes the people feel uncomfortable. Because when I'm doing cool things, I'll give you an example of something I did a couple weeks ago. Because you went too. And we, didn't get to, we didn't talk about it on the radio. We didn't get to talk about it. But we were at the CMAs. And I had a meeting set up in Los Angeles with Scooter Braun. Yeah. Who's Justin Bieber's manager. A lot of, he's a lot of people's manager. He's um, Bieber and Selena Gomez. No, no, that's Selena's girlfriend. Uh, he's... Um, Kanye. No, Ariana Grande. Yeah. Gonna, uh, Kanye. A lot of people's yeah. manager. Carly Kloss, which is how I met him. Because we were at the CMAs. I was going back to LA and uh, I was to, for some TV meetings. One with him, and uh, he, he was like, "Hey, I'm going. Do you want to just hop on my plane?" And I was like, "What?" <laughs> I was half asleep. Uh, first of all, I was asleep, and I woke up and I saw him, and he's like, "Hey, just hop on my plane and come to LA." And I was like, "All right." So I say, "Hey, not wanting to leave a man behind." I say, "Hey, Mike D is going to LA with me." And so, and we were on Southwest. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I got somebody with me. So, ew, what's it, you know, I didn't say he needed to come. I just said, hey, I got somebody with me. And he didn't reply. Like six hours, he was just like busy doing busy man things. And then finally, it's like, yeah, bring him on, bring him on. So, Mike D and I hop on a plane with freaking Scooter Braun <laughs> and fly from. And then, I mean, it was five hours of. Like he's a nice dude. Really nice. Like guy. A, he's a really <laughs> nice dude. Not what I would expect at all. No. Like you expect cuz I I do spend some time in LA and I'll do the show from LA at times and people the listeners won't know cuz we don't make a deal about it. Sometimes I'll go and they'll have a studio set up and I'll just work and you won't know unless you know and we don't The reason we don't tell it all the time is because it doesn't make a difference and it could confuse people. Mm-hmm. Like wait, he isn't is So there are times where I have to wake up at 1 in the morning to get on the air at 3 because that's Pacific time, and it's brutal when that's that rough. happens. But that, that happens sometimes. We're out there. Anyway, we fly with Scooter over to, to Los Angeles, and I wanted to take pictures inside the plane of us <laughs> chilling. I didn't. I couldn't, though, because I didn't want to be that guy. I didn't even tell anybody. You didn't tell anybody? No. I don't think I told more than like three people because, again, it's not a braggy thing, yeah. but it's just one of those things you wish you could share with people. Because we talked, I mean, he's Kanye's manager. Yeah. And there's, you know, we talked, we just learned a lot. We had fun. It's actually a fun flight. Yeah. And I, 
and I thought about not doing it too. I was like, because I just knew people, and it, oh, it was good. It's actually good. Yeah, I like that dude. I did not expect. You hear Justin Bieber's man. I mean, he's a man. He's humongous. He's got TV shows on. He's got, yeah. Yeah, but I was asleep, and he walked into the green room, and Carly Kloss and I were doing the CMA Award presentation together, and I was going to go meet him the day after that. And he was like, dude, just get on the plane. And I was like, all right, save me 320 bucks <laughs> my Southwest flight. I'll go get on the old private jet. <laughs> and then we, yeah, it was good. Then we got on there, and uh, I, had, I was talking to one of the guys. There's another guy on. It was one of Scooter's friends. We were talking for like an hour. Cause we, I got there a little early, and Scooter had been speaking at his school, and uh, we we talking for it. We really hit it off, like going back and forth. And Scooter walks on and goes, "Hey, uh, Bobby, you know he's Midland's manager." And I've had some issues with Midland, per, like personally, mm-hmm. because one of them kind of jumped up on Lunchbox, and we never talked about it on the air because it didn't matter. But Lunchbox is like, "What's happening?" Like he got in Lunchbox's face, and it really was. I didn't think it was very cool. What happened? Um, and so I didn't lash out. I was just like, eh, I'm just not dealing with this. So I'm not dealing with them. And so I was like, it's just, it's just a thing. And so we, I was talking to Midland's manager, and I was like, yeah, sure, let's get together. That's the first of the year. I'm happy to hang out and talk to the guys and see where the misunderstanding was. But I was pissed. <laughs> I was like, you can't come after and be rude to one of my people. Like, we can all be rude to each other. Mm-hmm. And then we go, oh, sorry, but after it's over, it's, it's like a family. But you can't be rude to one of my people. And I don't know the Midland guys. They might be nice guys. I have no idea. But just from that circumstance, I was like, that's not cool. Because Lunchbox is a really nice dude. He's obnoxious. And, 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 but he's really, he's a nice guy. And so, but yeah, I was just, and one of the Mid- Midlands managers was on the <laughs> flight. And I liked him. And it was just it was a thing. Um, I want to talk about money for a second. Because we talked about Keith Urban's house, but what, what just reminded me of this is that if you read, and let's say... $10 million. No, no, no. Let's write it into like $1. Let's say you make $1. I make $1, okay? So let's say I make $1 doing a stand-up show. And they're like, hey, come come and do a stand-up show. You get paid $1 bill. This is how much money I really make from $1. First of all, my manager takes 15%. So there's 15 cents out. My agent takes 10%. There's another dime. So far, I'm down a quarter. My business manager takes uh, 4%. So there's 29 cents gone so far of my dollar. And then taxes are taking about 40 cents. So you're looking at just rough in the numbers up here. Of the dollar, I made about 32 cents. Of the $1 that I'm being paid. And that's generally how to look at when you see numbers of people that are artists. Look at it's about thirty-two cents on the dollar that people are making once all the fees are in for management, agents, business managers, and and then taxes, of course. And we all have taxes to deal with, but that's about what it is. And so when you read, Luke Bryan gets paid eight million dollars for American Idol. Now, you're not going to cry whenever he's making. Far less than that. Like really, let's say Luke Bryan makes eight million bucks and they take out fifteen percent. So they take out fifteen percent for a manager, ten percent that's twenty five percent, so that's six million, 
Eight taxes is four. I mean, he's probably making three and a half million out of the eight million bucks. It's just a little misleading whenever they throw those numbers out there because of all the things that you have to pay. So, what are you doing over there? Typing out questions. Oh, the people are asking? I was like, what? Are you taking notes? (laughs) (laughs) You taking this out of here? (laughs) And so, even athletes, like you see an athlete and they're like, hey, you made $100 million. Those are such, you know, the difference in gross and net. Mike D? Net is like the bottom line, right? Yeah, gross is the gross number. Yeah, it's like that's the, the one at the beginning. That's the big... The crazy number. That's the number out. you always see Yeah, from the celebrities because it's gross. Like, I don't like that number because it always goes away. <laughs> Whenever they're like... And so... And, and my money is split up. Like My radio agent makes, I believe, 7% of everything that I make. Now... Whenever I did my contract, I didn't have a manager. I didn't have um, any of the other stuff. So it's just that. And so, But 7% of everything I make goes to my radio agent because he's the one who negotiated the deal. And then when the deal's over, he doesn't make that anymore. And I'll work a new deal with whomever's negotiating my next contract. Um, we can not do questions anymore because all I'm here is typing. Oh, yeah, cool. Do you have enough? <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> so, but when I do other stuff, it's like 30 cents on the dollar. When I'm doing Raging Idiot stuff, sometimes I lose money. Dang. And we have a charity aspect to the Raging Idiots too. Even my comedy shows, everything has a charity uh, connection to it. Even on the, you know on the ticket, on the merch, everything. But there are Raging Idiot shows where I lose money because I have to buy a bus, which is like four grand a night. I mean, that ain't cheap. I got to pay everybody, and so when I have a band that I'm paying. Three or four thousand bucks a night total for everyone, like tour manager. I mean, it gets really expensive. And so there are times where raging idiots weekends will lose money. I'll lose money. And there are times where it, it doesn't work out like that, and I do make money. But the raging idiots aren't aren't a money making thing for me. It never has been. It's been uh, I've made money now that especially now because of songs. Like some people will buy songs, mm-hmm. and that'll come back around slowly. And that's the slowest thing ever to get money back for a song, but. The stand-up stuff is better because I'm not to pay for a bus and I'm rolling by myself. Um, I mean, you're out there, but it's like there's no overhead mm-hmm. on that part of it. But I just want to talk about that, the money thing for a second. And, and like when you see someone making a $50,000, take out 15%, take out 10%. That's, well, here's the difference to a man. You know what a manager does? Yeah. Like, you know what my manager does? What does she do? It's not exactly. <laughs> okay. She does. She's over everything. Yeah. She's over comedy. She's over raging idiots. She's over like radio things. She booked a million dollar show. She's setting up a photo shoot for next week. Like she is my, and I'm her only, I'm her person, but she manages everything that I do. She's like, make sure the band is in play, you know, make sure that. Like uh, this weekend, Brandon Ray and Adam Hamburg are in the band. Make sure everybody's schedules line up. Like she's managing every part of my career. And so it's a pretty big deal. And so it's 15% of anything. Do you know what my agent does? I've never been able to determine the difference okay. between them. So a manager doesn't book anything. My manager will, actually, will, will work with the agent as they go and find things and book shows. They'll go and they'll say, hey, there's a, here's the tour schedule. Here's the whole theater schedule. Here's what the offer is. They'll negotiate rates. They do the actual booking. They mm-hmm. find you the jobs. My manager doesn't find me the jobs. Okay. 
she manages me to make sure like like book right now like I'm writing this book and she's with the editor and she's like okay we're working on a cover you know let's look at the art like she's managing all the the parts of me that I'm doing mm-hmm. my agent's just selling me agent's basically a pimp they pimp me out <laughs> they pimp me out and they're negotiating the best price and they get 10% of whatever they do Dang. so <laughs> before you know it it's 20 do you know what a business manager does uh, just all the money stuff all the money yeah and I had no idea I hate to me it was so weird because I grew up broke <laughs> it was so weird to pay somebody money to hold money. But what happened was I started to have to pay people. And when you have to pay people, you don't want to not pay people the right way. Mm-hmm. And so I have to pay all those percentage people. And then I have to pay the bandmate, the band people. And I got to pay, you know, taxes. Ta- <laughs> all of that. Yeah. And, you know, I have some investment stuff that I do now. And so, and now that I've been able to save up some money, you know, uh, when I bought a car, like when I went up, when I bought the Jeep, she was like, my business manager was like, take care of it, boom, 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 had it all taken care of. But I pay her like the money that comes in, I believe it's four percent, four percent. She gets, boop, they get mm-hmm. right off the top. There it goes. But they get that to manage the money. And so it's things that you never can think about. I never thought about. And I was like, first of all, I don't need an agent. I was like, this is stupid. <laughs> you want the best deal? It's worth over ten more radio. The more you make, the less you can the less fee you can negotiate. Mm-hmm. So a radio, I was able to negotiate a lower fee because my radio deal is really good. But like the other stuff, the comedy, the book deal is pretty good. My book agent though takes a lot. Like literary agents take, I think my literary agent takes 15%, maybe 20% now I think about it. Yeah, it's crazy. The The book stuff's crazy. Now I think about that, it makes me feel weird. <laughs> yeah, they, but that's where all that stuff comes in. And so it's a lot of numbers. (laughs) It's a lot of numbers, and it's a lot of people, and it's people that I'm glad I have on my team. Yeah. But it's a lot of numbers, and a lot of people that, whenever it's like, hey, you just got a deal. Here's five thousand bucks. Here's five thousand dollar deal. Okay, well, let's do the math here. It's five thousand dollar deal. Let's take out taxes. So we're looking at about thirty two hundred. Let's take off another seven fifty for it, and then before you know it, it's like five thousand deals, twenty one hundred bucks. It's like when you win a bunch of money on a game show. Yeah. You don't get that money. (laughs) So. That's kind of how it works. Yeah. And that's how, I'll give you an example of, let's talk about like, you, there's, a, there's a tour, a concert tour. Mm-hmm. And there are three artists that are playing the tour. Uh, let's say it's like Luke Bryan, and the middle act is Kelsey Ballerini, and the first act is Chris Jansen. I'm just making up a tour here. And they, that first act makes somewhere between like $5,000 and $7,000 a show, usually. Mm-hmm. And... But what happens is, let's just use the number 5,000 because a lot of them, it's 5,000 bucks. You go out and you do two shows a weekend. If you want to get a bus, you're looking at five or six grand right there. So take 10 grand and take five grand of it for a bus. Half of it's gone. And then you have to pay your band members. Let's say you have three people in your band. You got to pay them 300 bucks a show. So 600, 600, 600. There's 1,800 bucks. By the time you pay for food, you're maybe making for two shows, a major tour, like five hundred bucks. Over it's sometimes you lose money. A lot of times you lose money. And that's why merch is such a big deal to artists. Even artists that you think are like, oh, they're probably No, they have to sell they sell merch. You know, and Kip was in about hustle merch. Mm-hmm. That's because it's the only money that he made. Because you go play these shows and it costs everything they're paying you to get out there. And to get a hotel, I didn't even mention hotels. Oh, yeah. And that's if you get a hotel 
that's not part of the bus. Most people don't even get hotel rooms. Like we'll go out this weekend. We'll get a hotel room in Oklahoma City, but we won't get one in Fayetteville because we're doing two shows and we're in the venue all day. But we don't get hotel rooms for everybody. We get cleanup rooms mm-hmm. where you go and people can go take a shower because you don't want to use the bus water ever. Yeah. There are rules on the bus. Don't shower on the bus and don't take a dump on the bus. <laughs> and somebody did and I got – I didn't get blamed for it, but I was the one that saw it. You and discovered it. <laughs> I discovered it and I felt like discovering it put me in the clear. Or is it the old – Or is it the old <laughs> fluffity flop, Right. And so that's the rule. I don't break the rules. I'm not a rule breaker. And there was a toilet inside the theater. Yeah. I just want to went in the theater. Like it wasn't me. But <laughs> the mystery was there. It was like uh, one of those uh, um, mystery dinners. We have to guess who murdered. Like we dropped cl- the <laughs> clue of the deuce clue. Uh, Blue Apron. Let me talk about Blue Apron for a second. Which, by the way, if you were to come to my house, you would see... At least today, I have a new blue apron that came today. Today's Thursday, right? Um, I have a new blue apron that came, and there are lots of like, men, like menu items that you can pick. I put on this piece of paper here that I have some that I've tried that were really good. The And this is the name of it because I wouldn't call it this. I would just say, hey, the pork with the vegetables. But there's something called sheet pan-roasted pork with fall vegetables and creepy and creepy and creamy <laughs> maple mustard. Like I had that, and it was really good. I'll call it the pork and the vegetables. There's also – because I've been eating totally different. I switched up my diet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been drinking these shakes too. And it makes me full before I even start eating. And so then I start eating and I'm like, I'm so full. <laughs> but there's this baked tilapia with creamy kale. It's good. Blue Apron is treating anybody listening to the Bobbycast right now to their first dinner at $30 value if you visit blueapron.com slash bobbycast. So check out this week's menu. Get $30 off free shipping at blueapron.com slash bobbycast. Blue Apron is a better way to cook. And also, I'm not saying uh, all this stuff so you feel sorry for anybody at all. Like, I don't care. I don't want you to feel sorry for me. I'm doing just fine. And I, and I do the stuff where I lose money because I love it. And I love meeting our listeners. And so I just – when you see these numbers, I think a cool thing about this podcast is kind of a behind-the-scenes look at it. So when you read Luke, Luke Bryan's making $8 million bucks for this, don't go – Oh man, you're only making three point one. Like what's all there? Like there's that. Like everybody knows. We all know what we're getting into, and it's fantastic business and awful business at the same time. But yeah, that's how it works. Agents and managers and um, most agents represent a bunch of people. Most managers represent one, maybe two people, unless they have a whole management business themselves, or they have people working under them. Like my manager, and most of the people that work with me are female. I mean, yeah. just because I feel comfortable on females and I trust females because I was raised by females. I didn't think about that. <laughs> and that's why, you know, women in country music has been such a big deal to me. Like all that, that's, that's the deal. I mean, my manager is a female. Mm-hmm. My business manager is a female. Morgan, our main producer, is a female. My assistant's a female. It's all, I mean, for the most part, you, I mean, you're barely a dude. Yeah, I know. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> um, my biggest co-host is a female. Like that's, I feel the most comfortable around females, I think because I grew up around. My last girlfriend was a female. <laughs> it's like, what do you want? You know? Uh, so there's that. You may have thought that was totally boring, but maybe it was some insight for you on what happens. And, and not everybody makes Luke Bryan money. You know, sometimes I had an uh, artist friend who I think he made $300,000 this year is what he said. Mm-hmm. Or maybe last year. His gross was 300000 
his net was like 23000 after ex- all the expenses. So he made $23,000. Wow. Again, you see 300000 because he had to tour and he had to pay everybody. Like the money he got into the business, he made $300,000. How much it actually came to him was $20,000. And had he not have a – he's an artist. And he didn't have a, if he hadn't had a writing draw because they have a publishing deal and he makes another twenty five grand, thirty grand writing songs and they have to turn into a certain amount of songs, mm-hmm. he was like, I, don't, I couldn't afford rent. Or more, I guess he has a mortgage payment. But that just shows you an artist that's doing okay making three hundred thousand dollars by payment is only making twenty or thirty grand when it's all said and done, which is which that is, is really a little mind blowing. Like right, but again, they're doing what they love. Yeah, and that's not the goal to make twenty grand. The goal is to hopefully turn that over into something else. So there's a money talk. I don't know if you guys, you can te- tweet me and tell me if you thought that was at all interesting. I just people never talk about that. And so I would have liked to have been told all this stuff just because I'd have been curious. And two, before I got into this, I'd have loved to have been talking, knowing this stuff. I was like, I can give my money to anybody. I never have money my whole <laughs> life. Then I got to give people all said and done basically 40% as, as soon, before taxes. 40% of, before taxes, 40% of my money is gone that I make when I do anything outside of the radio show, which is a pretty, I would say I make another 25% on top of the radio show money, which is a pretty good chunk of money. But yeah, maybe more than that. But forty percent's gone immediately. So it's I got paid to do this Dollar General stand-up thing. Mm-hmm. Um, is it hosting it? It was multiple thousand dollars, multiple thousands of dollars to go out and host it and do jokes and whatever. It's a few thousand bucks, and so it's a good pay night. And I was like, wow, because corporate gigs, it's like money's not a real thing to them. And I loved it, and they were super nice to me, and they paid me a few thousand dollars, and they were like, "Come do jokes," and I was like, "Wonderful." But I go out, and it says three thousand bucks. Boom, fifteen hundred gone like that before you even start. So really, that's not like I'm playing because I love that money. I've been doing it, but it's all gone. Yoink. Yeah, it goes away fast. The creative world, man. Everybody's just trying to get you. That book stuff, dude. The book people get me big time because I pay my manager fifteen percent. Like I pay my book publisher like probably twenty, I think. My uh, book agent. It's a whole different agent, too. I don't even know who these people are sometimes. I'm like, what do you do? You want some money? I want to deal with it. Just take it here. Have all, have all the money. I just, I just want to keep trying to be funny. Okay. Uh, you guys have been asking questions the whole time. Uh, Mike, what do you have over there? Uh, someone wanted to know how much you can say about your upcoming TV projects. None. Zero. Zero? Zero. And zero percent... And there, and and one of them could could be announced next week if it decides to go through, or it just if this one doesn't go through, it doesn't it just can't. But it could be super quick, or I could wait if this first one doesn't happen, which is kind of in my core at this point. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Do you do another one I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. After it'll, I'll pass this one up, and it'll be another months. But I can't say anything right now. But it's like I have a lot of options for the first time ever. But if I do one, it eliminates the other one. And the quick one may not be, I don't know. I don't know, man. I think 2018 is going to be the year that makes me or breaks me, period. Because if I, that's all. I can't. Zero. I would tell you what. I would tell you if I could. I just told you we flew on Scooter Braun's plane. Like, I would tell you. Uh, What else you have? Uh, Where are you at in your second book? Probably 65% sent back to my editor. 
And so hopefully after Christmas break, I, I mean, the thing's due on the 15th. What's today? The <laughs> 7th. <laughs> yeah, it's due in eight days. Oh, wow. That was a self-imposed deadline. Yeah. But, and I've been working on it. But I got in my own head for a while and I just, it wasn't writer's block. It was just, I thought everything I wrote sucked. It wasn't, I couldn't come up with anything. It was like, this is not good. And we haven't revealed the title, but it's more of a motivational book. I don't have anything else to write about memoir-wise. I mean, I don't want a memoir to begin with, but bare bones, I hope you buy it. Although, I don't make any more money off that book until it sells like a million. Why not? Because there are thresholds. Like on a book, you get paid up front for the most part. Okay. Like they're like, hey, once you write a book, here's lots of money. And then you go, okay, then you pay all your people off and that's your money. That's what you have. And it has to hit certain points to make bonuses. And so it was a bestseller for four weeks and it hit a point. The first one, it hit pretty quick which may have been 100,000 copies or something. I'm not sure. And then it hit the second one, but I think the third one's like 800,000 more But I don't know. Whatever it is, it's a crazy <laughs> amount that's never going to hit. So if you buy it now, I just appreciate you buying it and you can read about a guy that's, you know, started with very little and has worked his way up with very little talent. Just a lot of effort. But... Yeah, I don't think I'll make any more money off bare bones it's ever. Like those fun raiders in school where you have to hit certain levels. Yeah, that's what it's like mm-hmm. <laughs> to get the pizza hut personal pan pizza. Yeah, you got yeah. To I'm not getting bonus. any personal pan pizza. Like I got a couple smaller bonuses. I don't think I'm getting the bigger bonuses there. Uh, what, uh, so I'm about 65 percent through with the new book right now, and I'm scared that people aren't going to like it. I mean, there's I didn't have any expectation for the first book, but it was successful. So people are going to automatically compare it to the first book, as am I. But it's just—it's not going to be a memoir. It's not going to be fiction. It's not going to be a vampire novel or anything <laughs> like that. It's going to be more of a motivational book and uh, stories and theories and people I know that have experienced things. And so it's a lot of incorporating that. Like it's a—it's a—it's a feel good. Like if you really want it, if I can do it, you can do it type of book. Because the whole key is just showing up. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's really. The secret to being successful. <laughs> this is it. Here we go. Ugh! The secret to being successful okay. is showing up every time on time. And just, if it takes eight months or two years, if you make yourself, I wouldn't say irreplaceable, but if you make yourself valuable, then you are. You can make yourself valuable. You, for example, you're just an intern. Mm-hmm. It worked hard. I mean, you you and Ray are, are great examples of this. You just showed up mm-hmm. all the time. Every day. No, <laughs> And much like myself, don't be offended by this, no tremendous skill set at the beginning. Nope. Like when I first started, I didn't know I was any good at radio. I had no idea. There's, I had, there was no skill set. All that developed later. But you and Ray are the same because you just kept showing up every day, every day, every day. And I'd be like, well, you know who's going to be here? We should get them to do this certain job is... Mike D, he's always here. He's here all the time. He's here when he shouldn't be here. Let's get Mike D, the intern Mike D, the job. And so I'd have you go cut some audio or bring it back. You start to kind of find yourself. You'd always be there. Always be there. And then the more you were there, the more you kind of learned what you were good at. The more I learned what you were good at. And it kind of found a place for you. And now Mike D on the show is, his role has changed because, first of all, I came over as the phone screener. And then he worked for me outside of the show part-time. And I got him out from underneath me. The whole point was though, just that was just supplemental money so you could live. Mm-hmm. And now Mike D is like, right, like the writer, which means Mike creates games. He writes games all the time. If I'm playing a game, Mike D's probably made the game. Um, 
he organizes the news stories. He's like the one feeding me uh, stories like during the show. I'm like, hey, I need this. So Mike D is basically my brain organizer, game writer, um, segment idea. He comes up with segment ideas all the time. So, and I think the show a little bit gets jealous now. Do you hear them sometimes take shots weird, at you? Yeah. They do. But that's what happens when you start to get, like when you start popping, people start hating a little bit. And I don't know, like why? Like, yeah, because you're Mike D's the most unassuming <laughs> person ever. And like Lunchbox be like, let me get, hey, let me get, Mike D's going with you. Well, yeah, Mike D goes and produces the show in every city. He travels with me all the time. He we write together all the time, and he's always there. Like it, mm, my you Mike D. <laughs> Yes, and Eddie too. They're starting to hate a little bit. It's weird. It's weird. But that's what happens whenever you start to cut through. People start to go, well, it's happening. <laughs> By people, I mean Lunchbox. Yeah. But like they, they obviously do love you. But they're like, well, how come Mike D's in the room? <laughs> Every time something comes up, they're like, oh, Mike D probably knows. Oh, Mike Mike, <laughs> let's ask Mike D. He knows. Uh, what other question do you have over there? That's the, by the way, the key to success is showing up and showing up on time and then just being there all the time. That's it. I mean, you'll find yourself, you'll find where you're good and what you love after that, but just be there all the time. Okay, go ahead. And then someone asked, what's a quick rundown of a typical day for you? Um, I'll pull up my calendar now. For today, I'll just give you today, for example. And uh, today was St. Jude Day. But uh, let's see. Typical day. And my calendar... I have an awesome assistant who keeps up my, all my everything. Um, okay. So the Radiothon started at 5 this morning, and the Radiothon went until 10 Central. But then we had some stuff to record after the show, a bunch of commercials. We have to record – I had to record a countdown for when I'm gone for Christmas break. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that happened. I had a haircut today right after the show at 10.45. Because I do have to go to California for the Luke Bryan album premiere next week. Mm-hmm. And so I had some TV stuff outside of that that I'm doing. So I got a haircut. You know who I saw I was getting a haircut? I was walking down the sidewalk and I saw Kimberly Schlattman and she was putting makeup on at the, at the light. And the light was green, but there was nobody behind her. And it wasn't a busy road. Yeah. She just put makeup on in the car and I looked and I saw Kimberly Schlattman. And she was like, she rolled the window down and she's like, Bobby, <laughs> I should have put makeup on at home. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but she's really nice. That's a little big town. They're nice. I uh, did that. Uh, I here's a hidden gem for you next week because I will be in Los Angeles on the Luke thing on Tuesday night. Yep. That's the Luke thing. I'll be working at LA on Wednesday, so we recorded ahead a Walker Hayes uh, segment. So after the St. Jude thing, Walker Hayes came in and recorded a thing that's, that's going to run Wednesday, and we'll just the reason we don't say three run because what's the use? People go, oh, let's do a rerun. If you don't know the difference, what's the difference? So. It'll probably sound live Wednesday, but we recorded a thing with Walker Hayes because he's got a record coming out. So I did that. Um, I did a. I had three conference calls. I did an interview for a podcast, and then that went until two. I laid down from two ten to two fifty five. Yeah, I don't think I slept the whole time, <laughs> but I, I did sleep hard enough to where I had a dream today, like a quick dream. Wow. I don't even remember what it was. <laughs> then I had my therapist at three. Uh, and I drove. I did a, another interview on my drive from three to boxing, which didn't start till five because the interview went way late. And then uh, I boxed until six, and then I had a spray tan tonight because I have to do some on camera stuff 
early next week. Did that. We're doing the Bobby cast. It's uh, 8.05 p.m. And I'll go to bed in a bit. That's today. Most days, you stay up in the show. 10, 11. Conference calls for probably an hour and a half on average every day. Um, sometimes longer, sometimes not. Work out. Do the show. Work out. Work on the show. Tomorrow, I don't have to work on tomorrow's show because it's a um, St. Jude day. And we all have everybody coming in. And so there's really, I won't spend an hour and a half reading news stories tonight, but that's, that's a typical day. Uh, anything else? Uh, how do you feel about the new Arkansas coach? So here's the thing about the new Arkansas coach, which is crazy, is that he was head coach at Lake Travis high school when I was in Austin. Did you know that? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He was the head coach. He was the high school head coach of Lake Travis. And I believe he won a state championship when I was in Austin and he's moved up. I think it's phenomenal. I think that people that don't know who he is, they just don't know who he is. Like, people can go, oh, we want something fancy. I, but no one wants me to go on about this. I think it's a great hire. And I said that before it even happened. I think it's a great hire. So I don't think it was the flashiest hire, but I think it was a great hire because the dude's a genius. What else? Uh, that's about it. All right. So that was it. I would like to encourage you, first of all, uh, to listen to the Travis Meadows Bobbycast. That's that was fantastic. It's forty five minutes and talk about a guy who's overcome some odds, and it was just that was man that was a good one to me. Um, listen to that. Jake Owen's got a show called Good Company with Jake Owen. You can check out listen to that podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Jake and his brother and uh, I think Marty Fish, former tennis player, are talking there. Jake's got another one coming out next week probably. Yep. So Jake's is every other week. Christian Bush's podcast is about to start up, which I think you guys are really gonna like. In January, yeah. And in January, and it's called. Geeking out. Geeking out. We were Christian Bush from Sugarland. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, that interview was so weird for me to do. I think, did I have I mentioned this? No. Maybe I mentioned it on the air. I just know too much about how that all came together. And I had to, yeah, I did talk about it because Lunchbox was like, How much did you know? And I was like, Well, I knew all. And he's like, How much do you always know? <laughs> and how much do people lie? And I'm like, well, oh, yeah. they, they don't lie. There's just a narrative that they want to, you know, put together. But I knew the Sugarland stuff was happening. Now I knew all the questions, answer all the questions, but th- the listeners didn't. And if they come in, and I'm like, hey, I already know this, but won't you tell? You know, there are times where I just have to kind of suck it up and be the interviewer. But Christian Bush is like one of my favorite people in the world. Awesome guy, super friendly. Written songs with them, have like had food with them. He's a good dude. He's a good dude. Um, here's one from. Ross Taylor, uh, he says, if you have any guest on the Bobbycast, who would it be? Well, I had John Mayer on. That was a pretty good one. Yeah. You can go back and listen to that one. I thought that was cool. At this point, who would you have? Who do you think would be great? For- I'd love to have David Letterman on. I mean, that would be amazing. <laughs> I think anybody from like the late night would be awesome. Yeah. My, my favorite late night, late night host is Jimmy Kimmel. Mine too. And has been for for mm-hmm. a long time, before it was even cool to be... Just because he's very much the everyman. Yeah. He also, he's also a former radio guy. You know, he worked, in, tu- he worked <laughs> in Tucson before that. He had mornings in Tucson, Arizona. Went up and worked with Kevin and Bean as the sports guy. You know, he went and did win Ben Stein's money while he was in L.A. Man show. Man show. Slowly moved up. Like, I'm a big Jimmy Kimmel fan because of that. And he's also very funny. Um... So, yeah. Anyway, there's that. Anything else? Nothing good over there? Uh, I think that's it. 
Our next Bobby cast should be with Josh Osborne, yep. who's written 14 number one songs, including John Cougar, John Deere, John 316. He, one of the writers on Body Like a Back Road, Sam Hunt, Make You Miss Me, Take Your Time, Sam Hunt, Lead the Night on Sam Hunt, Kenny Chesney, Come Over, Drunk Last Night, Eli Youngman. All those people are happening there. Um, so I believe if that's it, that's it. I hope people found this podcast informative. And if you didn't, well, go hug a root. <laughs> that's what I always say. How long was this one? Uh, 40 minutes. Yeah. Manageable. Everybody on Facebook watching, thank you very much. We put this one up. Hope you enjoyed it. I'm wearing a Titans hat. I'm a diehard Titans fan. Yeah, tighten up. <laughs> diehard Titans fan. Whole lot. And I think it's okay to be a bandwagon fan if you admit it. I have no problem with bandwagon fans as long as they're, I'm a bandwagon fan. <laughs> as long as they say it. Like, I'm a diehard Chicago Cubs fan. Have been my entire life. I can't remember living not being a Chicago Cubs fan. And whenever they started to be good, they won the World Series, uh, not this year, but the year before. The Astros won this year. Last year. 2016. Yeah. Uh, there were tons of Cubs fans. It didn't bother me because I just wanted to see my team win. But a little bit, I was like, there are a lot of bandwagoners out here. Just, you should have to wear a B. <laughs> like, they should put a scarlet B on everything you're wearing. And I'd wear a B on the Titans hat. But I'm, wearing, I'm wearing Titans hat because I'm a big poser. But go Titans! Tighten up, I say. Tighten up. Thank you very much for listening, uh, and uh, thank you for always having our back whenever we do fundraisers for whatever the case. We, to be honest with you, we were going to the St. Jude Radiothon, and St. Jude's a truly wonderful place, and there's just been so much like bad this year, from hurricanes to shootings to that, and our audience has given so much that I was like, I don't know, like I don't know the threshold of asking too much. And so the fact that we did a million dollars today, I don't even like. I don't even know what to say. I just, I, I, it was weird for me going to. I was like, I just don't know what's going to happen this year. We've, our listeners have done so much, and you just keep on giving. I appreciate that. As long as you, I keep trying to do the best, most honest show I can do. So there we go. That's that. Thank you very much. Uh, Josh Osborne will be the next one in. We hope. And other than that, we'll see you next time. It's the Bobby Cast episode number ninety-two. Thank you very much and goodbye.